Should we get into it? <laughs> let's yeah, get, let's, it. let's get into it. Okay. Um, so welcome. Hello for everyone who is just joining us. Um, Hi. The, <laughs> uh, I'm Rhonda and I'm here with my lovely co-host Erin. And Hello. we are joined by Emrys and Luthien of Girls with Sabres. Hello, Hello, everyone. <laughs> you might recognize their voices, too. Um, <laughs> so we uh, really wanted to talk about WandaVision, um, specifically the heroine's journey in WandaVision. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that we is near and dear to all of our hearts. So a <laughs> little bit, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um uh so we just wanted to start out with just in case anyone isn't familiar, um just start out with kind of a a brief overview of what the heroine's journey is. Um would anyone like to do a summary of that? <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Um, okay, so, um, if everyone can see on the screen there, so, um, the heroine's journey is basically a cycle of storytelling, um, and it's also a concept in psychology, um, but it just follows a heroine who doesn't necessarily have to be female, it could be male, um, the main character who goes on this journey of self-discovery and um, very similar to the hero's journey goes through a series of um, trials and obstacles um, before they ultimately, um, you know, kind of heal their identity and discover their sort of their place in the world. Um, is that is that a good sum, summation? Would you say? Absolutely, yeah. I'd say so. Okay. Um, <laughs> I did not want to climb. Oh, <laughs> uh, I did want to note that um, at least for what I'm familiar with are is uh, kind of two different. Um, angles or like approaches to the heroine's journey. So there's the original Maureen Murdoch approach um, and she's coming from like a psychology and personal development um, background. And then very recently the novelist Gail Carriger published a book on the heroine's journey specifically within literature and pop culture, which I recommend everyone go check out. Not sponsored. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking forward to reading that one for sure. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I, I did watch a, uh, or listen to a podcast interview with Gail Carriger. Oh, uh, awesome. And she was very, it was, she has a, a degree almost, I think she almost got her PhD in, um, not, um, archaeology. Mm -hmm. Wow. And so it, it was really interesting to see that she was more interested in the mythos itself than the psychology. Right. So kind of like she funneled out all the Jungian archetypes and just went 
you know, story itself. So she's a very interesting, very animated, dynamic mm-hmm. person to listen to. So uh, I'm interested in reading her her book because isn't it Rhonda more for like it kind of because she since she's an author, mm-hmm. it, it, it's a lot about like a template to use if you're going to write a story based on the heroine's journey. Yeah, yeah. So she definitely talks a lot about um, like romance and, um, you know, so many romances really fall into the heroine's journey. Um, And uh, there's a whole section, I was telling Erin about this earlier, there's a whole section on gothic fiction through the heroine's journey that's like so good. (laughs) That's amazing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so did we have anything else to say about the heroine's journey before we dive into some questions? Not at all. Okay. Cool. Um, so looking at the heroine's journey within WandaVision, um, what are some kind of just initial thoughts that we have about how it's expressed. I was, I was just, oh, no, go, go for it. <laughs> You're too polite. <laughs> I was just so taken with seeing it in the different eras and how it's like, how what it is to be a woman was expressed in each different era that we've seen in the media. Like, I just thought that was such a wonderful way to have a discussion on what it is to be a woman in general. Um, mm. I just, I really, I thought that was an interesting way to, to explore obviously just one way of being a woman, but yeah, the, the different, the usage of the different eras was fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Just every era had a different ideal of femininity. Yeah. Yeah. Every era had a different version of the feminine, the clothing, the hairstyles, the fact that when she became pregnant, everything became colorized. Mm. Uh, I just, yeah. I, in that regard, I gobbled up the first couple episodes because vis- yeah. it was just visually so proper in, the, in, in conveying that. Um, and obviously the, we find out these are Wanda's no pun intended visions of Uh, a perfect uh, family (laughs) but every all of it was the ideal woman it it was a twofer for for me for a lot of for a lot of people it was a twofer heron's journey there's a lot of talk about uh taking off the feminine and integrating the masculine and i think it is interesting because she is very much a instrument of war in the yeah. history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she did a hard turn to escape being an instrument of war and taking on um, a, an extreme definition of femininity that's, that was all about, you know, stereotypes. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I love the, I love the uh, time capsule that those episodes were. Yeah. 
And also like, um, if you know anything about kind of her background before the start of the series um, and like her childhood, like, you know, that she, um, Wanda never really had like mm-hmm. a good, like, uh, I guess like model. So she had her mother, but other than that, she didn't really have a lot of like, you know, context for what it means to be a woman. She lost her mother very young. And so, like she's, you know, been um, basically brainwashed. Um, So like she doesn't really have like context for this. And so the only reference point she has is these sitcoms. So. Right. Um, Um, I recently listened to, or I'm sorry, Rhonda, if you wanted to go somewhere. Oh, no, no, no. Go for it. I listened to a TED Talk by Pia Jones on the heroine's journey through transition. And she talked about, and this reminded me so much of Ray too, like Mm. transition is being stuck in the birth canal of not knowing who you're going to be on the other side. So you're just kind of stuck there. Mm -hmm. Um, And she talked about how when you're in that transitional period, um, all you have is your intuition to get out of there. The rational wow. pieces, like you, you can't talk yourself way out of that. You have to really dig deep into your, um, your intuition. And I think that is so much of who, uh, Wanda is. She's a person very much of feeling and getting yeah. there by what she feels like even her power source is a, is very determined and uh, emitted through the heart and she feels very deeply. Um, I think, I think like characteristically of, of, um, in BTI, I looked her up mm. and she was considered an idealist and I, mm-hmm. and, uh, really wanting to heal the wounds inside of her and the wounds around her. Um, I just think that was a very interesting thing when I, when I, Heart listen to that TED talk. She is stuck in transition. Like she does not know or has the tools yet to to get out of that um, that change and be the the person that she's supposed to be. And that's all. That's one division story is finding right. out yeah. who is Wanda. Um, she's had people tell her who she is, right? To be, but she herself doesn't know. I love how that's conveyed in the rapid fire succession of, of the eras mm-hmm. that she's yeah. hitting. Obviously her power is getting stronger and it's, it's starting to become almost uncontrollable, which there are a lot of things going on in there that she cannot control. And we find out it is spoilers. Oh God, spoilers. <laughs> uh, we find <laughs> out going through that a lot of it does have to do with Agnes, but a lot of it has to do with Wanda's own power. And I, and I love that it, for me, I, I pulled this in this interpretation um, myself. I don't think anyone else has talked about it, but that rapid fire through the eras just shows how, how rapidly Wanda's own life progressed going from, you know, home life to 
being war torn, torn apart, being with Pietro, losing Pietro, being with Vision, losing Vision, mm-hmm. boom, boom, yeah. boom, 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 one at the other, not having any time to process yeah. anything. And so we're we're truly in this whirlwind of 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 grief in many different forms. So and she has no time to slow down and enjoy anything. And that's how I, I felt watching her go through her process of the grief, trying to hold hold everything into the shows that she grew up watching and idolizing and the women she idolized and trying to hold on to even just one of those eras to have a family in, but yet now, boom, 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 she's knocked into one after the other, trying to at least hold on to that era, and she can't, so boom, it escalates, it changes, and there's no time to even appreciate that the children are growing like crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) in mere hours, and she's trying to hold on. All of a sudden, they're, they're um, manifesting into an older version of themselves right in front of her. And she's literally like a parent does like a parent or even a grandparent. And you hear this more with grandparents. They just want to stop time and have the children stop growing. And mm. she practically says that to him. Okay, stop. Don't do that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do that yeah. anymore. Um, I, I, I wonder if the, the show creators did that on purpose because I, I felt that right away where she literally wants to stop time now. If she had the time stone, she probably would have done it. She wants to stop now and for even a moment try and join. That's how I, why I felt the ending again was so poignant where she's watching her two children. And I feel as a parent in that moment, always watching their children fall asleep. You're just like, God, I, I want to stop. I, I want to stop this moment. I want to pause this moment. I want to freeze this moment, savor this moment. And the same thing with vision, like turning the light back on the way she mm-hmm. looks at him. It's like, I click, I want to pause this moment, savor this yeah. moment. And the, again, the, the constant shoving through decades is, is, is just fun. I, I would love to watch this series again mm-hmm. and, and have the knowledge that I have now of, of why things are happening, but then so I can really pick apart and enjoy each episode as it is for her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's also what were these shows? They were her escape. Mm-hmm. Right. Parents escape. So she is trying to hold on to something that made her feel good. Yeah. Early. Yeah. Through the trauma she was experiencing. And none of these shows are helping her. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like masks or, or sculpted like stereotypes are helping her so yeah I think that's also why they're they're fleeting and she's jumping is because she's trying to look for something uh, that will stabilize her mm-hmm. yeah and you see that a lot in psychology um, sometimes if you've experienced big trauma as a child you might go some through something called rejection um, like there's mm. rejection hypothesis where you're looking outwardly for approval because you're no you you didn't learn to look inwardly for approval because survivally you needed an adult to help you so mm-hmm. you're looking for the 
um, you're afraid of the rejection of an adult or of society as a whole because you need that protection as a young one. And I think we really see that there with um, the rapid change from one era to the next to the next where she fits in so perfectly in each one. Um, that reminded me a whole lot of what you might go through if you were also experiencing um, this rejection hypothesis um, thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going, going back to a little bit about that Pierre Jones of being stuck in the transition, that's why you're stuck, is you, you are trying to deal with things using outdated tools and material. Mm. Yeah. So those TV shows, those stereotypes, no longer have power to get you through. Yeah. Um, I wanted to go back a little bit to um, talking about um, grief and how the, you know, the show is really Wanda processing her grief since she, you know, like, like uh, Luthien mentioned, like she hasn't had a chance to process. Yeah. Um, any of the grief that, you know, any of the, these traumatic experiences that she's had, um, throughout her life. Um, and I think, uh, I don't know, I think a lot of people kind of picked up on this, that, um, you, you see her clearly go through these stages of grief in the show. Um, like, it's almost like a step-by-step, -step, like, you can match it really closely, but yeah, I thought totally. that was really interesting. I love the first part of denial that we see her in is when it, it's not so much when she sees the helicopter or the, the weird kind of things are happening. It's the beekeeper. Mm -hmm. The minute she sees the beekeeper and visions behind her, she goes, no. Yeah. And she puts up her hand and you know, rewinds everything almost or cuts it out completely. I, I can't fully remember what she did, but point being, she flipped and put her hand up and went, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just no. And that was the denial right there. Like the flat out denial. Maybe there are certain parts where she's like, this is weird. This is weird. Okay. That could have been the, the beginning stages of the denial, but the flat out no, seeing the bee beekeeper, like you don't belong here. It, it oh, that was. Yeah. Yeah, big. Edits mm -hmm. things out of her. Bronze. Yes. Like, yeah. What do you mean? Let other people see them. Yep. That's very much like how many of us react to denial or absolutely. Denial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like we don't want people to see us being depressed or yeah angry or anything so we just edit those things out because that's not what a strong person does right yeah <laughs> not very healthy yeah for sure yeah I, and I I oh go ahead Erin oh no I was just gonna say I think you also see the denial and how she speaks she speaks in that very 50s Americana way of pronunciating everything so well. Like, even that feels like denial to me of, like, yeah. that mm -hmm. level of perfection, denying your own self, like, to be human, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. What were you going to say, Rhonda? Sorry. Oh, I was going to talk about the, the bargaining stage because 
I, I feel like this is like, at this point, like she's acknowledging that, you know, that she's going through something like, you know, that she knows that this isn't reality, but she's still not ready to give it up. Mm-hmm, and right. she like, mm-hmm. like in that scene where she comes out of the hex and she's like, okay, if you guys leave me alone, I won't, you know, I'll leave you alone. Like we don't have to, um, you know, we don't have to have contact anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I thought that was a great, um, a great illustration of that. And we have a comment here too. Alex says when the man was choking was also a bit of Wanda denial in my opinion. Mm, yeah. um, Deborah Joe's character kept telling Wanda to stop him choking, but she just sat there in shock. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, were we ready to move on from this or do we have more thoughts? Okay. I still feel as though I'm still actively processing this whole show. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like, wow. It's the stages of WandaVision viewing. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. For sure. Especially right now in the middle of a pandemic to be watching a show about grief is a very interesting thing. That's for Mm. sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Very We're all fair. processing our own denial, anger, bargaining. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting. And we've all kind of created our own realities in quarantine. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, I'm 100%. in this post and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> 100% Star Wars says, was it ever explained when she came out the hex to threaten them while she was using her old accent? I think that oh. identity. Oh. I was watching Emergency Awesome, and he said that the explanation for that was she didn't use her accent because she was ignoring her own identity. She mm. was trying to be, you know, American, where that's mm. her her identity. So um, when she finally became who she is, when she finally declared herself to be uh, the Scarlet Witch herself, when she declared that. Um, she was speaking in her own accent and no longer being the, the disguise that she took on. I find that interesting too, the, the flip flop between, between accents. Yeah. I feel she, like you said, her wanting to be American, definitely leaving her old, her accent, her true accent behind is... I shouldn't say accent. I mean, to her, it's the normal way she speaks. But right. <laughs> for us, it's an accent. Uh, it's leaving her old self behind, leaving the death of her parents behind, leaving the death of Pietro behind. So if she's trying to push that all to a back burner, you know, keep it keep it hidden, then her, the way she normally speaks would definitely be a, something that would remind her of that. And that would just bring up the sadness again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can totally see her not wanting to use that until the very end where she accepts who she is and she goes, 
I don't need you to tell me who I am. Mm, yeah. And that's the acceptance, which I just, you know, skip depression, but you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can go back and forth. I mean, there isn't, I mean, yes. you, you stick yeah. in a, in a stage as long as you need to move mm-hmm. on to the next yeah. one. Sometimes you fall back. Yeah. There's no, there is no time clock here. It is, a, it's why it's the stages. It's a process and you can, bounce to as many as you need to in any order and stick to them in any amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. One thing that I thought was so interesting in the depression um, portion of the show, I mean, first was the the commercial that they used was just so small. Yeah. But then um, (laughs) a little on the nose. Yeah. Yeah, really. Um, I really loved how it felt like a like a comedy sitcom without any jokes in it you know like Mm. she was trying so hard to be okay and it's funny and I'm laughing and I'm look how great I am but none of the jokes were actually jokes and nothing was actually funny and I thought that that writing as someone who's thought a whole lot about depression as a thing in in the world I just thought that was so spot on for like I aren't I surviving so well and I'm doing the words in the right order but none of it's actually funny I thought that was just so well written mm-hmm. so the, the uh the way of the midwestern <laughs> I'm gonna talk about the like the American way of dealing with depression is pulling up your bootstraps and not mm, right fun, yeah you know? And I remember when I grew up, it was like, just laugh. When you're hurting, yeah. laughing, putting on a happy face, like that Charlie Chaplin song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through it makes makes you feel better. And, and that's what she's trying to do. She's just failing, uh, failing in that. Because that's not what her body needs. Her body right. Needs no. I've even read the advice that sometimes if you're feeling depressed, you should just smile at yourself in the mirror, which is terrifying to me. Yeah. Like, no, just, please <laughs> don't do that. Uh, but yeah, uh, I just, I thought they, they got depression pretty spot on as a study there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that smiling at yourself in the mirror thing only because I, I feel that in the real world, our bodies exude so much energy. Yeah. And people aren't meant to be alone unless, you know, you're a shut-in and that's what you love. And I'm not digging on that. But in general, people want to be around other people. We need that connection. And if your body exudes that energy, I feel looking in a mirror is you exuding that positive energy back onto yourself Hmm. in that form so even if you do not like the image staring back at you I think a very positive thing to do and you can do it in your mind and you can do it out loud whatever you're more comfortable with looking into a mirror and telling yourself what you do like about yourself what you do love about yourself and I feel that smiling smiling automatically triggers endorphins So if you're saying something out loud that you love about yourself and you smile as you do it, um, it can be a very positive experience. I I love love the way my hair falls like this. I love the color of my eyes. And it, of course you want someone else saying that to yourself, but 
or saying that to you, but saying it to yourself, you can't give good positive energy to someone else if you don't have that for yourself. Mm. I love um, it. It also can be yeah. very tiring if you give all your positive energy to other people and you don't save some for yourself. And I, and right. that truly is because of the spirit within. So I, I do feel that you have to start by with a positive affirmation. If you do that every day, twice a day, whatever you have to do, but I feel that is actually a very good exercise for people who are struggling. Mm, sure. I, think, I think that's the piece of it I missed when I tried it for myself was mm. I didn't have an affirmation. So right. it felt like it felt a little hollow. So I should mm. try it with an affirmation. That's such a good idea. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Aw, that was a nice moment. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um, let's see, Aaron, um, put in a really yeah. nice quote here, um, um, from the end when Wanda is talking to Vision, um, I think we have, yeah, one of these right here, um, where she says, um, you know, when she's kind of finally come to that acceptance stage and she says, you vision are the piece of the mind stone that lives in me. You are a body of wires and blood and bone that I created. You are my sadness and my hope, but mostly you are my love. <laughs> I can't. It was so, I'm so glad they gave her that line to mm -hmm. say. I know it's fictional, but. Yeah. Oh, I, I started crying. Mm. I cried yeah, the minute I did they too. were putting the kids. I was sobbing the minute they put the, the kids to bed. Um, totally. And just that vision is a freaking soft boy kissing the back of her head <laughs> when they all come together as a family. I'm just like, what in the world? They get our vision. They get it. Yeah. They get it. Anyway, like seriously, in all different forms. But her saying that, that line and, the, and those, they were quiet moments. They were yeah. soft moments. Sure, there was action. Sure, there was some of this bombastic energy when Wanda and, and Agnes, uh, or Agatha, excuse me, mm -hmm. <laughs> all along. Um, but <laughs> Such a catchy song. I know, right? The, the quiet, <laughs> I completely butchered it. The, the, it was the quiet moments, the soft moments, the, the gentle moments that just really, really hit hard. And... I applaud uh, Marvel for doing it this way, for mm -hmm. giving Wanda this story in this way. Um, mm, but yeah, that that line, it and it and it was, it it wrapped up her acceptance. Um, not that it was, it was certainly bittersweet acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. So, uh, but she's still, you are the piece of my mind, of the mind stone that lives in me and, and on and on. I don't need you to tell me who I am. I mean, it was that line to Agatha that she, she now just said it to vision still the, and you know, 
that doesn't make sense, but she's strong. She's strong. And you are this to me. It, it was Rumi's poem, Marvel style. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it so echoes that, uh, that cursy temperament sort of Myers-Briggs, that idealists and rationals complement each other so much. And vision is the ultimate philosopher, <laughs> like <it laughs> answers to the problems. Um, and I feel like in some ways, like the logic, like a gentle logic and a gentle rational and a, a, diff, a, a gentle like reason for not doing this and for accepting who you are and freeing this town from what you're doing. I mean, the first person to confront her is vision. And he does, right. you know, yeah. and I, I hate to bring it all back to Myers-Briggs and cursing, but that's just how I do <laughs> <laughs> part of the mindstone is like she's such an idealist and healer that sometimes the idealists and healers get you know get lost in the weeds of our emotions yeah yeah find our way out so totally I have a friend who like I'm a heavy idealist I'll I'll, I'll say it. sometimes I get so stuck on the ideal that I need my friend who's irrational just to, to speak out reason for me and then once she does that, I feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> like she, she gives me some roots to concrete down in. And I feel like that's what vision is for uh, Wanda. And even, uh, I can't think of her name, the actress who plays Wanda. Uh, I know it's Elizabeth Olsen said is that she said, I loved, how, I love how vision and Wanda complement. Mm-hmm. Like one yeah. is the heart and one is the head and, and they need like they 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 complete each other <laughs> i cannot handle when people say vision is an enabler for wanda oh. i get so upset because this is this is a story about wanda and vision mm-hmm. was just as trapped mm-hmm. in there with everyone else yeah uh and it's not his way to to be gruff and um like all the other heroes you know he's not like tony he's he's not like you know winter soldier and and everyone else he vision is vision mm-hmm. and i i love what you said em where they are meant to complement each other yeah he is yeah. the mind, she is the heart, and they work in tandem. And that's why I loved seeing them. Like the, the picture you have up here is is them ready to do battle as a uh-huh. family. And I'm like, give <laughs> like me the- another uh <laughs> se- like put it like uh, order being, two seasons more, please. The incredible Just that. is what I yes. <laughs> yes. It was perfect. And and getting back to Rumi will Rumi real quick, the one of my the whole Paul, the whole poem, a great wagon is my favorite, but the part that really sings true about their relationship in the body of the world, they say there is a soul and you are that, but we have ways within each other that will never be said by anyone. And I feel that perfectly encompasses Wanda and vision's relationship. It, oh yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think um 
I think going going back to the point about kind of Wanda and Vision complementing each other, I think also like this version of Vision is, you know, like Wanda said, like she's kind of like created this version of him herself. So he's like, he's like exactly what she needs him to be Mm, because mm -hmm. it's like her own, like her own psyche or her own subconscious yes. kind of manifesting what she needs in that moment. So that's, 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 ooh, I like that. Cause that's her conscience speaking. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Her, like Jiminy cricket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wanda, come on. Wanda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I also, this is totally random, but I, I loved the little shout out in the second episode where Help Me Rhonda is playing on the radio. <gasps> yes. Like, I just, <laughs> like, hey, that's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, what's our next question here? Oh, Erin, you had some more notes on here. Did you want to talk I about did. that? I did. I just had, um, so... Another thing to to completely kind of sidestep, like what we're talking about is such a deep thing, and I really love the conversation we have we're having. Um, and I just had a question about this this notion of like capital A American idealism that we see um, in a lot of WandaVision, and kind of how the media is telling women specifically to um, to to live in a white picket fence and up, uphold this kind of consumerist media driven Amer- capital A America um, and just how that gets explored through the text or through not the text through the, um, <laughs> the show and kind of the decisions that are being made. And then the switch that happens once as, as each era goes kind of how we see American idealism change throughout the show as well. Those are a whole bunch of thoughts that I just yeah. <laughs> kind of was thinking. So I wanted to open it up to the floor. No, yeah, I think that is like, I think that does tie in um, with what we're talking about because it's, again, it's Wanda's idea of what she should be doing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the America that she's seen through these sitcoms that she watched like that's what she thinks she has to do. So I think that yeah. Yeah. No, that is yeah, that's I feel like we talked we talked a little bit about this in our Black Panther discussion. We did. Yeah, this and like that, Amer- yeah. this American ideal that has never actually been real like that is not what America is but there's still the capital A ideology of like oh it's so perfect when Mm -hmm. of course it's not and it's actually deeply flawed um, and problematic Um, and I I think that like like when you sit we talked about this before but how we see um, Wanda fitting perfectly into each era to try to maintain those ideals um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that just hit home for, like, yeah, it's just this idea of perfection that is unattainable, and who decides what on earth that even means. Um, right. That was coming it up was for me certainly a lot. A, an outsider's perspective of mm-hmm. the American ideal, because that's all they knew. 
I, this sure. is, this is her only window into that. And I guess that can be said for anyone looking at any country just through a television screen, Yeah, whether it's uh, media coverage. I mean, now everything is so at your fingertips, news, social media, the world is so much wider the lens is so much wider because all of this access is right at our fingertips. But for especially, you know, Gen Xers and a tiny bit beyond, everything was still very much through the TV. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you, it wasn't like this in, you know, mid to late 70s, 80s, and, and just early, early 90s. Your TV was your only access to the globe. Right. What was happening where, and for someone in a different country, well, this has to be America, right? This has to be what America is. It can't be a lie. You know, I mean, I mean, for some people it's like, okay, well, it's just TV. It's fake. I mean, blah, blah, blah. But for a lot of people you know, seeing shows like this, learning, I mean, I, I remember reading an article about uh, people learning English from Leave it to Beaver. Oh, yeah. And, and that is, so they were, they were saying G and I mean, just their, their vernacular was different. I think this was might have been 70s or 80s, but um, this was their window into American life. And of course, people in America watch this and they fall in love and like they you want you want this for your American life, but yeah, but we know that that's not real because mm-hmm. we're here, we're living it daily. Um, but for for someone a Sokovian, you plop down and you go, "Wow, that must be true. That must be how people live in America." Mm-hmm. and it's a thousand times better than here when my mom looks out the window and people are looting and getting yeah. beaten and yeah. uh, you know um yeah it, it's just it's a small small window and then she gets here and everything has has changed even mm-hmm. before she got here everything changed for her but definitely arriving here and and being thrown into to you're trying to defend the world but obviously all these things are happening in new york city but anyway you're defending (laughs) you're defending an american you know i mean america captain America. 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 yeah (laughs) yeah right so with uh, american quote-unquote superheroes i mean forget thor so yeah it's just uh you now you are defending a country that you have a skewed vision on already. Right. And I, I could go into a lot of politics about that, but point, right, point right. is why, why am I fighting for this now? And it's yeah. not now, it's not the place that I thought it was that, that Dick Van Dyke told me or Mary Tyler yeah. Moore told me, or, you know, family ties told me, I, you know, all of these shows it's not what they said it was it doesn't look like what they said it looked like yeah 
Yeah. Um, I want to talk about, we talked a little bit about the ending already, but I want to um, talk about the ending specifically in the context of the heroine's journey. Um, because I think we, I think typically in, in a, you know, in a heroine's journey, that's kind of, um, that's well expressed. The heroine typically does not end up alone. She ends up, you know, surrounded by her loved ones or her family. Um, but of course, Wanda, um, her loved ones and family were not real. So, so she couldn't end up surrounded by them. Um, like, I mean, she could have, she could have like stayed in the, in the false reality. Mm -hmm. That would have been an interesting ending. Um, but I'm kind of, I don't really have like a distinct, like take on this, but I'm just kind of curious about like how, like what we, what we think of that. Um, and kind of what that might mean for her future story, which we also kind of talked about a little bit, but. I think two I know. Things. Oh, sorry. Oh, Go yeah. ahead, Erin. <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say, I know it's not the point, but a big, huge part of me is like, let her be Lucille Ball if she wants. Like, give her <laughs> oh, amen. I got so, it was really hard for me because I just want her to have that happiness. She's gone through so much and I, I, I have a lot of feelings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a part of me was hoping that, you know, when the hex was closing in around them, that you would see it go past and she, the house would like, would be the only thing there, but it was like alone in a field or something. Like, obviously that makes no sense because they'd need like septic and, you know, propane, like they need all this stuff. But point being like the house would still be there and they would still be holding hands and their kids mm -hmm. were still upstairs. Like a part of me was like, please, please, please do that. Um, another part of me feels that we didn't, we, yes, we saw her alone, but it's not the end. Right. Sure. You know, so, yeah. cause spoilers, she heard, <laughs> she heard, oh, I can't remember his name, but the one son that can, you know, hear things mm -hmm. and, yeah, you know, she heard him call out mom and <sighs> Now her story isn't done. So uh, I, I, I tend to feel, and I hope, and I hope, I hope, I hope that they do not screw her character mm. in the Doctor Strange film. And she becomes, know. This, you know, oh God, please don't wreck her like that. I know. But I, I hope they do it justice where she, she might be caught because she is now plowing through the dark hold. That's going to do some nasty stuff, but hopefully her children can knock her out of it, help save her. But then she becomes a hero and then she truly gets the family that she hmm. wants and, and desires. Yeah. Um, yes. So I, I do hope that they don't go the comics route. Uh, but I, I, I feel that we did see her alone. Pro I, I feel this is now we're seeing her in this cabin processing the things that have happened in a, in a healthy manner, mm, hopefully, right. but obviously we see her then, you know, Dr. Strange and it, astral projecting it up with <laughs> yeah. the dark hole. It's like, whoa, 
Whoa. <laughs> so uh, at, there are definitely different avenues this could go down. Uh, but hopefully that meet this all means, you know, culminating in her hearing her, her son call out for her that, that her, her journey is not done. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be stagnant on one thing and one thing only and her finishing her heroine's journey, but she ends it alone like some other yeah. character I'm not going to mention, <laughs> but I'm just going to say she shouldn't be alone. She should not be alone. There's been actually too much. If they yeah. end it that way, ugh, but it, there is nothing wrong with a happily ever after. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. And what are your thoughts? <laughs> Sorry, there's nothing wrong with a strong female wanting a family, wanting yeah. to a significant other, all of those things. I feel like, again, it's this Hollywood understanding of mm-hmm. feminism that a strong, mm-hmm. independent woman needs no one, which I think is a horrible, horrible lie. Yeah. You know, going back to Gail Carriger, the the podcast that I listened to. Oh, I, yeah. I, you have to tell me, Rhonda, if, if I'm getting this right. Okay. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going with the cliff notes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, she talked about how these structures of hero's journey and heroine's journey in the podcast is so satisfying because mm-hmm. it follows a certain structure. Right. And that structure is mm. like it, it gives us a, a satisfactory because we're it's what's familiar. It's kind of what cradles us when we listen to a story. And I feel like that's why what they don't get about the heroine's journey is it's an emotional journey. Mm-hmm. And since it's an emotional journey, it needs to be emotionally satisfying. And so to see a character who is craving a family who wants, you know, someone to have them see them be alone is not satisfying right and so it it has that missing piece where you're like why take her through all of this and not give her the one thing that she wants is that fair to do to the heroine and is that fair to do to the audience who has been through this journey with her Mm -hmm. that that was my difficulty after episode eight. I was like wrecked by nine. You yeah. know, like I so badly wanted her to have that safety finally, you know? Yeah. Did she yeah, say I feel that. <laughs> in the book, Rhonda? Um, she does talk a lot about um that, you know, kind of the the whole reason behind or the purpose behind the heroine's journey is the heroine um either finding or reconnecting with a loved one or loved ones and that's you know her emotional journey um and of course she like discovers herself you know and her identity through that process but yeah like the whole point of it is that it's you know it's you know whereas like the hero's journey is kind of about like rugged individualism and going it alone but the heroine's journey is focused on you know having companionship and networking and and friendship and love um sound like my little pony but (laughs) but yeah i think that 
that's something I think you're right that that is something that is often misunderstood about the heroine's journey. Um, nothing wrong with being independent and single. Right. Yeah. I don't want to speak that out either, but there's also nothing wrong with wanting someone. Mm-hmm. So Wanda wanting vision. I just hope with this white vision, uh, finding his humanity, finding his identity, just like the, you know, Wanda's version of the of vision, talking to him in that library scene, I hope now that he has the memories, he will return and be that concluding, that satisfying concluding that Wanda needs mm-hmm. of her boys again and finding vision again. I mean, that to me, that, that one little fragment of hope yeah. <laughs> is when vision does disappear. They promise each other there's that hope that they will meet again. Yeah. Um, that keeps me from from having another episode nine movement. Oh my goodness. <laughs> okay, okay. Hope is not lost. <laughs> they will meet again. It's okay. You know, we heard the child's voice. There's a lot of hope amidst the uh, amidst the unsatisfactory, fully unsatisfactory ending. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of women and a lot of men have to find themselves before they find that significant other. And yeah. I that was predominantly what Wanda needed to do is finally find out who she is without anyone telling her. Definitely. Yeah. Um, if nobody has any more thoughts on that, I think that transitions really well into witches yes can we talk about witches (laughs) of course we can (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i think that this is a really um i again i don't have like definitive thoughts on this i kind of want to hear everybody else's thoughts um but i just kind of like was thinking about witches throughout like literature and pop culture and kind of how how the witch has been portrayed and how that has changed over time um, and kind of how that um, the idea of like the witch or the crone uh, has evolved and has, you know, kind of been intertwined with the heroine's journey in a lot of ways. Um, well, yeah. I love that you have a picture of Elphaba on here because she reminds me a lot of the Scarlet Witch, actually. Because at okay. least, so I'm I'm going by Wicked rules here. Sure, sure, sure. She yes. she is an intelligent woman who is incredibly powerful, and the media decides she's evil. And I think we see parts of that in um, with the Scarlet Witch. I I see those two remind me of each other. Yeah. So I'll tell you who all of these are just in case so um the top left is medusa and then just below her (laughs) yes inspired by your insight (laughs) and then um just below her is baba yaga and then moving to the right is cersei and then of course we have Elphaba and nimue from cursed (laughs) and then sabrina spellman 
Um, but yeah, I just thought it was a really interesting, um, just looking at kind of how witches have been portrayed over time, this idea of witchcraft being tied to like women's power and right. how that's been kind of like, um, like seeing a woman who is powerful has been kind of like um, portrayed as evil um, in so much, you know, literature and folklore. And then like seeing how that shifts, like Aaron, like you're mentioning with, uh, with Alphaba, how like she's painted as evil, but that's, you know, such like a one dimensional stereotype of her. Um, and I think like, like we were kind of discussing earlier, if they do end up making Wanda kind of a, kind of an antagonist later on, I can see that kind of a pattern happening for her that she's painted as this evil witch, even yeah. though, you know, that's not really, you know, we know the real story, I guess. Yeah. Well, the, the townspeople definitely left with not understanding her fully. Sure. Right. Yeah. So I'm sure they'll, they'll talk. And of course, um, yeah. sword and, and the government still has a negative opinion of her. So I wonder, you know, I wonder if Dr. Strange will share that, that negative opinion. And so it does. Right. Make, sound like in the MCU she'll probably enter as some sort of anti-hero um or anti-heroine or heroine mm -hmm. sorry I've always pronounced it heroine <laughs> I, I need to learn how to say hero heroine uh, but yeah we'll, we'll see I just hope I hope she's handled with care and sympathy like I hope yeah they still allow to tell her story and they tell it with um with the meaning the full meaning behind wanda vision and her story doesn't get lost with the sorcerer supreme now that's one thing that i'm holding on to is that she's supposed to be more powerful than dr strange mm -hmm. so it will be interesting to see how dr strange handles her as a being a more powerful being because that's one thing that they try to do with witches like Alphaba mm -hmm. is they miscast her and then they try to bring her down. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what defying gravity is about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No one will bring me down. No one's yeah. going to bring me to absolute. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm a Broadway baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I do find it interesting that um, out of all, uh, I'm going to do so a little bit, but out of all these witches on screen, she wasn't born one. Mm, sure. Interesting. She was created. And I feel that the way witches are portrayed you know, 
Baba Yaga, Alphaba, they were born that way. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of times you see, and you saw this with uh, uh, the Red Witch on Game of Thrones, Melisande. Oh, yes. Yeah. Where she had, it was the glamour or whatever, and she took the necklace off and bam, she was like 180 years old. I mean, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I, you see that though, where, where they are hiding their true selves and, and typically when they do, they are either a younger version of themselves or they are, they turn themselves into the being that uh, typically a man's heart most desires mm-hmm. a woman to look right. like. And I, I find that, you know, something will happen along in the storylines where if that is a part of the story, then the spell is broken, they change, and then that that decrepit hag, you know, miserable which comes forth and they are their their true selves um you see that going on in the in the um early stages of cinema leading up into the 50s even the the 60s a little bit all depending on the medium but Mm -hmm. the thing that really changed that is bewitched yeah where you had a witch samantha born as a witch and you know her mother and family members you see throughout throughout the series but she is already a beautiful woman this is how she was born and then you see that with um sabrina spellman and Mm -hmm. and everything and and the view and the the uh the way of the witch in cinema has now changed sure we we still get the old hag Mm -hmm. sometimes but uh the witch in in cinema and and tv has now evolved yeah basically but as far as scarlet witch she was not born that way yeah right and it will really be telling what they do with her character going through and i and i feel like if they did turn her obviously this was partly you know it's fiction. I keep telling myself it's fiction. It's fiction. <laughs> but so reading the dark hold is it's like going to the Lord of the Rings lore. Oh my God. Like, don't get me started. Like that is fiction. <laughs> it's not real, but you know it more than American history. But anyway, so totally. Yeah. <laughs> Tolkien would be proud. Yes. I tell myself that to make it okay. So <laughs> obviously her reading the dark hold is of her own choice, but Again, I would be upset if they made her into Baba Yaga or Elthaba, yeah. where she becomes something that she that's not that was never her. Mm-hmm. That she wasn't yeah. born that way. That this wasn't her. And yes, obviously, you tumble down. It could be part of a story. This is what she's become because you know she read too much. And now, uh, so I hope that doesn't doesn't happen because that truly is not her nature. This is the partly Agatha, partly Mm -hmm. herself. I mean, obviously there's some self-blame, but she really is the product of war and fighting and 
I hope it doesn't turn into her becoming like everyone else on the screen. Not so yeah. much Nimue. Well, yeah, Nimue. I mean, we haven't seen that yet, but well, uh, in and, the legend, in, in Wicked, <laughs> but in the legend, yes, in the in the TV series, no. But uh, I hope it doesn't go down that that road where it becomes very stereotypical. Yeah. Yeah. When are we getting cursed season two, by the way? That's they have not announced <laughs> and the Twitter oh don't get me started. The Twitter account has been silent for going on six, uh, seven months now. Uh, There's been oh god. Terrible. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. what she said to Agatha. She said, I didn't choose this. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Agatha did. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Sacrifice of everyone around her, like she even absorbed and drained her mother's power. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, it does feel like does Wanda even want this? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. She is. She's embraced that, but does she still want this? I mean, what does she really want? Again, she wants a family. So, yeah, I think I think it's very interesting. Going, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> going back to how she wanted, uh, I'll, I'll do a little bit of the Medusa discussion. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I loved your Medusa connection. That's so and great. This, is, this, uh, this time, I hope I say it right because every time <laughs> I talk about it, I'm like, I didn't articulate that the way I want to do. <laughs> but you know, you don't know how many times M goes. Oh my God! Can we? I just want to do, do it again. again? Just, can we do another one? Can we do it again every take? Sure. <laughs> I get so confuffled. <laughs> but um, I, Medusa is, is a, one of those myths that have multiple stories to them. And if, if you don't know, there's, there's basically she is a, a, a Gorgon who, when you look at her, she has this hair full of snakes and she'll turn you to stone. But there's another story about how the only way you can look at Medusa is if you look at her in in a reflection. So see her in the reflection, then she won't turn you into stone. You can gaze at her as long as you want. And isn't that WandaVision. I mean, WandaVision turned herself into like this sculptured being, mm-hmm. like this, yeah, all the stereotypes of the beauty, and she broadcasted it. So she's like this family-friendly Wanda, mm-hmm. <laughs> so right? She's the she's the want she's the Medusa gaze, the Medusa yeah. And it's only when she released people, she stopped broadcasting. She was herself that she ascended into full power and you see some of that snake metaphor. You see that in the Darkhold book. You see that um, with her snake-like tresses. Of course, that's uh, a characteristic of the Medusa in film is a woman can unleash her power by unleashing her hair. And usually (laughs) they're invoking the Medusa stereotype. They uh, give that woman this full like you know, beautiful, powerful, wavy mm-hmm. <laughs> hair. It's really interesting because I love that hair symbolism. It's either like uh, releasing your sexuality or unleashing your power. And you definitely mm-hmm. yeah. 
her doing that. Like, even when she wore her hair down in the previous episodes, that hair was flat ironed to mm-hmm. death, hair sprayed, yeah. and sculpted to death. But when she became uh, fully Wanda and embraced her identity, then her hair was very healthy and very, you know, voluminous, as you uh-huh. said. Yeah. <laughs> there. So, and if you look at the other witches there, except for Alphaba, I'm sorry, Alphaba, (laughs) (laughs) but Nimue, and uh, a lot of those also have that, you know, snake-like, powerful, um, powerful being. Of course, Sabrina and and Nimue are not fully embracing theirs yet, but, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's just interesting. I love the Medusa uh, archetype and the, the symbolism therein. Yeah, with El- with Elsa, but you get it in her costume change in season or in uh, Act Two. There's changes that have been made to let her into her own power a little bit more and embrace her um, her feminine. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not that girl is a very good reply. Yeah, <laughs> very you know very like she she no longer wants to be Galinda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She wants toss to, toss. Yeah, she wants to be her. Did she ever take off the hat? I cannot remember. I'm sorry. I've only seen the stage presentation. Once. I have seen it. <laughs> I saw it every year for my birthday for like <laughs> longer than I care to admit. Um, and I actually, there's a big moment when she, when Glinda gives her the hat. So she earns the hat. She earns her capital W witch's hat and embraces it when her best friend gives it to her in that moment of defying gravity. Okay. Okay. Because I know she originally gives it to her as like a, a joke. like As a joke. Yeah. And then she takes that back. She, um, she like uses her power to say no 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 like their newly found friendship and then Elphaba's stepping into herself as this was something that society laughed at me for and I wore it proudly anyway even though they were laughing and now in this moment where I'm gaining my power I'm gonna put this hat back on where people used to make fun of me for it and now it's a symbol of my power anywho I'm sorry we're not talking about (laughs) I just get so excited (laughs) I love this I it's a redefining of that hat so Mm -hmm. yeah interesting. like you know witches themselves in cinema so yeah and I mean, that's, that's sort of like the journey that Wanda goes through too, is that, you know, she's coming into her own as this powerful witch and, yeah. you know, accepting that that's, you know, that's who she is, but that's, that's, that's our, that's our journey. <laughs> that's all our journey. Um, so I don't know how um, everyone's feeling about the time, if we want to think about wrapping up or if you're still able to um, um, I'm gonna chat for a little bit. Soon, but okay. if you guys are, are feeling it and want to keep chatting, by all means, don't let me, don't let me end the stream okay. <laughs> if you, you want to keep going. Um, so let's go ahead and... Um, we can go ahead and 
skip to um, uh, so um, if we had ideas about like connections to other heroines journeys or if we want to uh, just talk about our quiz results. <laughs> I would, I wonder, I love your question here about um, Monica being on an incomplete heroine's journey. Oh, Maybe yeah. we go there next. Sure. Like, oh, yeah, there's Monica. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Monica, you know, obviously we first meet her in Captain Marvel when she's yes. like 10 years, 10 years old, I think, 10 or 12. Yeah. Um, and... So I think she very clearly has a heroine's journey going on. Um, you know, I think, I think the mother-daughter relationship is always, like, such an obvious, like, uh, symbol in a heroine's journey. Um, and, like, you know, losing your mother or being separated from your mother is always that, like, big event. Um, that kicks off a heroine's journey and that's what happens to Monica in yeah in this series and so I think we're gonna see her going on a heroine's journey as well at least I hope so oh I hope so, so. yeah and I don't know I don't know very much about her like from the comics and I don't know if if anyone else does but I think that'll be interesting to see yeah, I wanted to read more. I don't know much either. I love that at the end, her last interaction with Wanda after, mm. you know, everything that's happened and Wanda kind of accepts, you know, accept things and Monica goes, she practically says, I would have done the same thing. I would have brought yeah. my mother back. Mm -hmm. And I love throughout the whole entire thing, even though Wanda kicked her out of the hex very violently, mm -hmm. uh, all she ever did was fight for Wanda. The yeah. same, the yeah. same with um, Darcy. Both mm -hmm. of them fought for her, and I, I loved, I loved that about the series. And I, I wish we could have seen Darcy at the end, but because of COVID restrictions, she uh -huh. wasn't able to, <laughs> to, to film those, those pickups. But I, I love that both of them fought for her. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I do hope we see uh, some stories with, with Monica. And I loved how at the very, <laughs> I hope so. I loved at the very um, beginning of the discussion of the conflict, I love that Mo when Monica's being kind of debriefed about this whole situation and she has that moment where she says, no, 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 I don't necessarily need to believe what you're telling me about right. her. I'm mm, going to go talk yeah. to her myself yeah. because we can't go off of other people's impressions. We have to get to know the situation. Oh, I just, that gave me, even just saying that now gave me mm. chills. Like yeah. I, I loved that moment. And I think it's only aided a thousand percent by the strength in Tayana Paris's um, performance. Yes. yes. Like, oh, she was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, I think that um, showing that, like, empathy and that, like, understanding 
is, you know, it's such a like traditionally feminine trait. And I think I was just really excited to see like the, you know, this obviously very strong and very capable woman character, but she also has like this, you know, those more traditionally like softer feminine qualities Mm -hmm. too, which I feel like we don't see that often enough. Yeah. I also love the fact that Wanda had two women bookending and supporting her. Yeah. Yeah. You see women going against women (laughs) in, in shows like this. And although she had Agatha doing that she had two women supporters being those wings that she needed mm-hmm. yeah yeah I didn't make a slide for Darcy but I do hope that we see more of Darcy too <laughs> I love her God uh-huh. bless Darcy <laughs> keeping it real she's my favorite <laughs> character in the entire MCU yep. so <laughs> well she's all she's all of us yeah I mean she's the, the, the real she's the yeah. realness of of all of us watching like yeah. you know <laughs> little girls dream about being superheroes like this but let's be real we are all darcy yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. not an astrophysicist but i mean quipping it back like we're all darcy and then mm-hmm. she got her moment to be to be on tv quote unquote yeah. and in, in the x and yeah yeah that was fun mm-hmm. <laughs> favorite line in Thor where she's like meow meow where's Hammer you know it's like Uh Thor's Hammer I still don't know I mean I still don't know the Norwegian name of Thor's Hammer so I yeah it's meow meow we are all Darcy we are absolutely um I was hoping that I would be Darcy on the quiz I was not. I was none of us got Darcy. No. (laughs) What? (laughs) I didn't know who I was gonna get, but I think it's because I chose garlic as one of my answers and I got I got Agnes. (laughs) I also love garlic. Yeah. Um garlic is I thought it was I got Geraldine slash Monica, but I wanted to note that the reasoning was that I have a good sense of style and I'm kind and relatable. Okay. And I just, okay. I just felt like even the reasoning behind why I'm similar to this character is trapped in a, like the, I, this made up ideology of what a woman should be like, Oh, I look good. I have a sense of style and I'm kind and like other people can relate to me. It wasn't Mm. the, the reaction wasn't rooted in Monica's power as a character. It was rooted in, she looks good. I don't know. I took issue. (laughs) Yeah. That is disappointing. Disappointing to me that I got Agnes. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> well, we we all took this quiz of which WandaVision character are you? And you know what? I would have loved to have been Darcy. I would have loved to have been Wanda. But Agnes was, um, you are very kind and make friends quickly. You sure know how to make, you know, people feel welcome. Uh, mm-hmm. And just I'm like, based on okay, the first episode. You- <laughs> yeah, based on the first episode. Um, apparently I barge into people's homes and try to show them how to cook. Uh, 
okay. Um, <laughs> just like I kill rabbits. Um, oh my goodness! Or, no, not rabbits, dogs. <laughs> like, oh, anyway, it was. I'm like, what the quiz? And there was only like four questions. I'm like, how do you even yeah. know me from four questions? It's Buzzfeed. Like, yeah, it's Buzzfeed. Exactly. Exactly. Under the source. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just shared the the link to the quiz in the chat. So if anyone wants to take it, they can to find out which character you are. I thought it was funny that I was Wanda because that rhymes. Rhonda, <laughs> Wanda, Rhonda, Wanda. It's, it's so appropriate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, did anyone... I know there's a delay, but if anyone in the chat had any questions or comments um that they wanted to add oh alex says i watched the thor movies for darcy yeah totally yeah, yeah. <laughs> um or i just want to thank you both oh, yeah. for having us on oh yeah. of course yeah thank you we were so excited to do this with the both of you we were just like so jazzed for it so thank you both so much yeah. i think we i think we see a natural progression so we talked about star wars and then sense and sensibility <laughs> and i think this is the natural next topic is wanda yes, yes. So. <laughs> absolutely absolutely i think it works out <laughs> it sure did but yeah thank you so much for for chatting with us i was so happy that we were able to fit all of our schedules together i know that can be tough so <laughs> well thank you so much yeah. It's always a pleasure talking to two of you, both of you because, like we said before, it's, it's a very familiar. Yes. <laughs> yes. We we really have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting to hear and glean from both of your observations. I always come away learning a lot. So thank you. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I learned so much um, from the both of you. This is amazing. I already feel like I have to go and rewatch this show again. Like, right? I, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, to everyone watching, thanks for for joining us for this chat. I hope you uh, had fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, the uh, up on our screen is where you can see where you can find us and where you can find Emerson Luthien. So go check us out. Go check them out if you haven't already. Um, but thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks everyone. We'll be talking about WandaVision all of April. So yes, we be will. sure to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so this recording will be, we'll release it as a podcast episode and then we'll have a couple other episodes to talk about some other things. So yeah. Awesome. Well, stay safe and um, be kind to one another and take wear a mask and yeah. drink some water <laughs> and all that stuff. Water is good. You need it some is. garlic. Seriously. Eat some garlic. Eat garlic. <laughs> huh? Oh, I love garlic so much. Me so too. good. <laughs> cinnamon, so I don't understand why I got access. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wink. Yep. <laughs> yep. There you go. <laughs>